You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. Oh, so you don't get any feedback from this laptop. One of the one of the things when I was doing some research, looking at your mixing board plugged into your uh, your laptop. Yeah. One of the things that I had heard is that sometimes this causes a weird feedback when you're plugged. And you you haven't had any problems with I've it. I've had none with, okay. with two different laptops, right. as a matter of fact. Because my rig, I actually, I have a, like I was saying last time, I have a soundboard, but I don't, I don't need it. I can, I can use it just, I can use my digital voice recorder just fine. Yeah. Which is the intention. I actually have to talk to our buddy, Jason, Jason, who does, uh, does geek news, nerd news, nerd news. Mm-hmm. See, fuck, I'm the worst friend. I can't even get the goddamn, you know what? And if you were a real friend, you would edit that. So I don't sound like an <laughs> asshole, but no, I'm going to sound like an asshole. Not getting Jason's show name right. But um, a, I've I've said your uh, I've said goinfo.com or go, whatever. Go, goinfo.org. Yeah, yeah just, go just info. look the influence of the influence foundation or goinfo.org. What's funny, Chris and I were talking about kind of bantering around what we were going to talk about today. And uh, Tara came out of the bedroom, you know, being Tara and she was wearing a Viking Fest t-shirt. What yeah. the fuck is Viking Fest? And, so, and how do I go there? Because so he, apparently in Seattle, Washington, that's like one yeah. of those areas where they had a heavy Norwegian uh, or Scandinavian presence, and they have a Viking Fest every year. My dad went a couple of years ago. He just so happened to be now, there while was, Viking was, Fest was going was on. Was this before or after his business transaction for Ling Ling? Yes, it was after. Uh, after, no, okay. it was before. It was before. It was so before. she was. So he could have been looking for potentially a different purchasable wife. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he goes to this and he's like, oh, man, this place is so beautiful. It's so cool. I love it here. I want to move here. Uh, it's all there's a bunch of Vikings here and they have this Viking fest every year, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, cool. And you were like, dude, Vikings are were they axe throwing? Were they drinking mead? And I was like, I don't think it was always that exciting. So you did not think it was fun. I think it was fun, just not every second of every All right, day. So, so basically, here I asked a simple question about a festival and what kind of activities and celebration this festival would have. This idea that I, I, I wasn't romanticizing the Viking lifestyle. What I was saying is that there are neat elements that we can sure, sure. appropriate culturally. And now you're going to get mad. And make them drunk and fun. And then what you did <laughs> is you took my ancestors' culture and you shit all over it by saying is it wasn't that great. And and I'm My like, ancestors' culture. I, well here's here's where okay, great. So we can I mean if we want a twenty three and me this shit we and we can. can and we can talk about because how far back I've got I've got a lady that came off the boat like two two generations ago. My grandfather's sister rose um spent years studying the genealogy of our family um and where they came from in europe but that's beside the point go on the point the point is (laughs) is that you had these 
these traditionally angry white dudes. See, white people are angry. We have a lot of anger as white people. And people don't want to talk about race and culture because it's divisive. But white dudes have a lot of anger. And so here's what happened. And here was sort of the not perfect, but a really reasonable white culture. Well, here's here's what happened. This is what white people would do. Do you want to go out raping today? No, now let's, now, okay, let's let's deal with that myth right out of the <laughs> Shall gate. Shall we pillage a bit? Yeah, let's, let's, deal with, let's deal with that. First of all, the Vikings did not rape any more or less than any other invading culture. It didn't happen. It's a fucking lie. Now, they, they did a lot of raping, and maybe all those fucking priests that they raped, that is where the Catholic Church developed their penchant for the buggery because of all those young priests and acolytes that got fucking cornholed by Bjorn and Kjell. But that's neither here nor there. The point is is that these men realize that they have a, a, a fiendishness and anger in there in themselves that is passed down from generation to generation. And what is the best way to deal with that? Well, the best way to deal with that, with this nagging fucking cunt of a woman and these ignorant children who don't obey and toiling day in and day is out to leave to on put, a boat, to put a roof over their head and to put food in their ungrateful fucking bellies, right? And to defend them against raiders and everything else and other other cultural issues not to mention that we treat our women with a great degree of equality comparatively to other cultures at the time and today here's what we need to do what? I need, I, need to get, I need to get in a boat with my buddies and I need to disappear. Now, you and I might call that, hey, I'm going to go to the bar and tie one on, or I'm going to go fishing, or I'm going to go rock climbing, or I'm going to go smoke a big fat bowl and play some God of War 4. Well, these guys didn't have that. They didn't they didn't have that. What they had is, we're going to get in the fucking boat. We're and then, go kill motherfuckers. You see, you see that church over there? Well, there's one thing that God loves. It's fucking money. It's gold. It's wealth. It's greed. That's God's thing. So, we're just going to go fucking take it. Do they have warriors there? No. They have soft, doughy priests with tight little buttholes that we can drag into the mud and bugger and kill and take their shit. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and I'm not going to kill my wife and my kids. So in order to not kill your wife and kids in this culture, you had to leave. Kill other men. Plug somebody's butt. Yeah. Then kill them. Well, the buggery was optional. You know, the, the killing was really the killing I'm and the stealing. Ass raping today. <laughs> you know, some people. You know, look, sexuality is a spectrum. Some people, and again, I mean, I did, I I am not a rapist. I have not been a rapist, and I have never <laughs> studied the philosophy of you've never had it unless you've taken it. However, what I am saying is that these men they had it. Wow, Chris, <laughs> I don't even know what you said. It's just gross. <laughs> it's, I'm like, whatever. It's fucking. Go, it's, don't go about your butt fuckery is, over it there. It is fucking horrible. However, I will go so far as to say I will be stunned if a culture existed in this world that has not warred with another neighboring culture. Oh, no, no, no. That that happens everywhere. That happens everywhere. Or a culture that's not warred with itself. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's totally fair, and I think that's a perfectly, 
perfectly but, fine but point. Imagine, if you will, if you'll allow a, a ham-handed transition, imagine, if you will, you're the Jarl. You're the guy in charge mm-hmm. on that boat. <laughs> you are the proverbial shot caller. And you have to manage this group of people toward a common goal. And all these people have different perceptions and different attitudes and different experiences. Fantastic transition. But, but you have to keep them all together toward the toward the acolyte buggery. You have to get this group of men who are angry, who are, have all sorts of different troubles and different you know levels of interest in putting their wieners in someone's butthole forcibly. You have to get all <laughs> these men together and get them to the church and and kill the people and take the stuff and keep them together and keep them satisfied. Well, yeah, because Bjorn, he might be the one that wants to be the great decimator of sphincters. Oh no, he's pro <laughs> butt stuff, right? I mean, but, he, that guy that guy is hung. And if he doesn't kill you by choking you from but, the backside, but little daughter over here, he just wants to he just wants to kill someone. Yeah, I just want to kill. He just wants to kill, or he wants gold. Yeah, I just want to take life. I just want a bunch of gold. Right. Bunch gold, right? Or, or Hagatha. Maybe, maybe we're so progressive that we brought her along, and she just wants to rip children's bellies open and read their entrails. It's on. An, it's on a TV show. Is it really? No, you know. <laughs> I was like, if there's, if there's, if there's some <laughs> gnarled Norse fucking old woman hag who's got cataract in one she's eye, not, she's not, and a third, and a third, and a third she's, nipple, she's cutting like, children's <laughs> bellies with a fucking razor, with a razor sharp stone she's, and reading no, their guts this, man i'm in on in this, this viking show. show she's like hot and it, it's on netflix you've watched oh vikings it. yeah yes. it did not ring my bell i watched the first two seasons i think when his wife gets killed i was like okay i'm out this is too real no no i just i just i have a hard time if a show has a compelling character that i really like or has very few compelling characters or interesting characters that i want to follow they get rid of that character i don't have a lot of interest in pursuing it further see i thought what was so compelling about that show was not any one character but just the absolute buffoonery that the show was it's asinine so well it's asinine no we're gonna jump off this now so uh, chris and i got talking we were gonna do so i've got this whole influence foundation goinfo.org project that i'm working on and chris has his own stuff that he's working on and uh, i invited chris to be part of something my show's doing called Mm -hmm. an apt or an actual play test and what i'm going to start doing is doing recordings of myself and some select friends playing role-playing games that we've not played before um so i want to do an actual play but i also want to to play test games that I've not done before yeah. uh, for the purposes of reviewing and, and uh, learning new games, seeing what's out there, but also the opportunity to game with different people. Yeah. Right. So I want to have a, once the world is open up again, I want to have sort of a rotating group. But my first group of guys were you, our friend Mike, our friend Jason and our friend Brent. And I don't know if you've been game with those guys before. Um, no, no. J- so I... We were going to do a show called Dungeons and Dumbasses. Oh, with Joe Moore. With Joe Moore. No, no, no. That was my show. Dungeons oh, that was your show. Dumbasses was ours. Joe Moore wasn't actually involved in that one because he was doing the Midnight Cavern. That's it. Um, so Dungeons and Dumbasses, Jason uh, being part of Entertainment Geek, he was going to be one of the regulars on the show. So we got to do like an intro session kind of thing just to get everybody jiving. Mm-hmm. And 
It was fun. It was fun. But yeah, I've not got to like really game with him before. Gotcha. Well, so you're going to get the opportunity because the, the game that I'm going to do first is a game called Band of Blades. And I know this is not a gaming show and I'm not trying to, you know, commandeer. But what I am saying is that there's a group of five of us, mm-hmm. four people. Uh, you, Jason, Mike, and Brent, who are all gamers, who all have different attitudes and expectations about what gaming is, and then me. Now, I've game with Jason, I've game with Mike, I've game with Brent, I've game with all three of them together, but, but I've ne- not me. But I've never game with you. And Jason's a guy that we asked to step away from our last group because there's some, you know, I, I don't want to get into it because Jason's not here to defend himself. But basically, it just it just didn't work out. And you and I were talking prior to the recording that, hey, I noticed that you invited Jason to this game. Yeah. Um, Because one, Jason brings a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, Two, Jason works in the hobby industry as a retailer. And so he knows, you know, he's got a take on what games are successful and what games are not and has a lot of experience with role playing games. But also, he's my buddy and I wanted to give him another chance to game with us. But my concern is, is that I've got four people four different attitudes and ideas toward gaming, uh, toward a project that we're working on, something that we were developing together. And I, I, I don't, I'm ignorant on your level of participation and dedication. And I have reservations about Jason's Mike and Brent. I don't, I still game with them. I game with them regularly. So I don't know. I don't know what you two as players are going to bring to the table. So there's some uncertainty, some apprehension for me, but But also, this is my first time doing something that I am going to allow to be consumed by strangers in terms of my own gaming. And that's a big step for me to actually run a game, to run a game I've never played um, with people that I've never gamed with. And so I guess for me, the issue that that I have to do first and foremost is figuring out that group dynamic and how you guys are going to work together, but also how to make sure that each of you feels like... Like a valuable part of the <clears throat> fiction. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Well, you were mentioning last time, I don't remember if it was on the recording or not, but you had stated that you like a game that is less rules intensive. Yeah, I like I like the actual role playing aspect. So of the game. Band of Blades is going to be something definitely in your wheelhouse because you're generally only ever going to roll between one and four six sided dice and you're going to keep the highest number, period. Interesting. It's super, super simple. Well, yeah, I, I see, I'm not so much worried about like the rolling of the dice or anything like that. But like if every two seconds it's like, hold on, we got there's a rule for this. Yeah. That's not even fun. No, no, no. There so essentially the, the what's really interesting about this particular game is that it's it's easily uh, essentially anytime you have a role, you're going to have one of nine different scenarios. So it, it, that's going to determine you know, essentially how many dice that you want to roll or how many dice you're going to roll based on your skill, any extra dice that you might be getting, the difficulty of the roll and the outcome of the roll. Nice. It's super, super simple. It's really, really It almost really sounds intriguing. like the fate system. It is very fatey. Um, I like it better than fate. Okay. Um, having not played it, having played generic fate, um, uh, their most recent edition, their their core, I forget what they call it, but uh, yeah. Fate Core, I think is what it's called, which is the book's kind of erect. It's really difficult to follow. Mechanically, though, I enjoy it quite a bit. I think this will be similar but different. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because what you were describing, it sounded a lot like the Fate system. Yeah. But I have to, but I have to worry about, I have to worry <laughs> about you and, you know, are you, are you going to be able to make it consistently and is this something that you're going to be into? Well, or, yeah, that's why immediately yeah. I was like, hey, 
I want to do, I, I can do like bi-weekly yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. bi-weekly we for sure could do. Yeah, right? um, weekly it would start to get tough because then you run into real life and shit. And well, then... yeah, and we're recording this every week yeah. and you've got other things going on and I've got other things yeah. going on, but you know, it's, well, it's important to it me. It would be so. cool to be able to shoehorn it all into right. one day. Right. Well, you can't because this particular game, what yeah. you're looking at, it's like four hours. Is you're looking at multiple sessions, yeah. right? You're looking yeah, at sure. you know twelve to fifteen sessions of the game because the game it's not scripted per se, but there is a map that the players follow, and there is actually a score that the players are going to get. So if the players make it through the course of the campaign and their mm-hmm. organized retreat back to Sky Dagger Keep. If they've survived to Sky Dagger Keep, then they defend Sky Dagger Keep, and then they're scored at the end of the game to determine if they win or lose, which is super unique. There are very few games out there that have that kind of idea. That's almost like a board game. It is. It is. It's really, really interesting. But the cool part is, is the administrative aspect of the game. So during the game, you're going to have... Um, you're going to have basically two phases, and this I did not intend for the show to become a commercial for Band of Blades, but you're uh, welcome. But, Free advertising. Yeah, there you go, Stosh. Uh, but here's the here's the deal. You have campaign phases. It's like a nutritional D&D game. We have to get the MacGuffin or we have to rescue so-and-so yeah. or we have to do the thing or we have to kill blah, blah, blah. You go on those missions. Then you come back to the camp and you've got 30-odd people or whatever left in the Legion at this point. So it's really, you know, haphazard, sort of ramshackle, disorganized thing. But you then go back and you play as the administrators. You play the commander, the marshal, the quartermaster, and one of two other roles, depending on the number of people playing, and you manage the camp's assets. So the quartermaster is going to be in charge of things like, hey, what equipment do we have available? What upgrades do we have available? What food do we have available? If the commander's sending us on mission X and the marshal has decided that this group of people is going on the mission, what supplies do I see, have? See, that's Capuano. He's the guy that works for the bank. We need him yeah. to do that. Well, but see, everybody <laughs> has that. Everybody has a role, though, because yeah. the, com- the commander has a bunch of stuff that they have to do in terms of managing intel. Um, determining what missions you're going to go on, what's the primary mission that we're actually going to role play, and what's the secondary mission that we're literally just going to roll dice to determine how successful it was. Um, And then, of course, after missions are done, you go back to camp. The marshal is going to determine who gets promoted, um, you know, what kind of promote, you know, what kind of promotions that we're going to have. Um, Did I accidentally promote a traitor? What what people are going on, what missions? So mm. even though the commander gets to say, OK, we're doing this assault mission as our primary. We're doing this religious mission as our secondary. The marshal's going to say, OK, well, I really want to send these guys, but they're dicked up from the last game. So we're going to send these guys, even though they're not as outfitted as well skill wise to go on this yeah, mission. Here's the beast. They're not squad. carrying a bunch of injuries. Right. So then now. When we go into that mission, the players then play different characters in the B squad unless they want to port, you know, somebody over. So you're constantly. So the marshal is keeping track of all of the people in the Legion, who they are, what their injuries are and all that stuff to say, no, we're not sending so and so. So and so is dicked. They take another injury and they're dead. And besides, marshal, they're near promotion. Let's let them heal up and then maybe, you know, worry about sending them next time sort of thing. So Interesting. Yeah, it's really clever. So it does something. It does troop play. Uh, uh, like a, a friend of mine, uh, Michael, was saying. But it also provides 
I don't know, administrative work, which gives me chub, man. I, I'm just, I have such a boner for having a game yes. where you, the PCs, have to manage resources for your group. I am the admin. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And then so you've got, it's got all these different spots you can go on the map. You're constantly retreating from west to east, falling back. You have three different courses you can take, and each location has different options for special missions. And whatnot. it's really, really cool. Sounds wicked. But what it makes me want to do is play that in 40k you yeah i figured you were gonna say something like that you are your imperial guard and you're either falling back from some terrible xenos threat like tyranids or better yet you're falling back from some heinous chaos thing so you do that map but instead of it being a world map you do it as a system map right and so you have all your same quartermasters commanders and all that but you have like astro navigators and that sort of and then you actually play out the battles and then well that's something that you uh-huh. could do right i mean now now you're getting peanut butter in my chocolate and that's okay <laughs> right and it was just super super exciting the idea that all these different hacks that the game has i mean they have the pretty low hanging fruit of the most recent Battlestar Galactica. So instead of falling back to Sky Dagger Keep, excuse me, yeah. you're falling back to Earth. You're trying to find Earth and from jump from one place to the next. What's the uh, what's the setting of this? I didn't... So this is... Uh, so it is a Renaissance-era tech fantasy horror. So it doesn't have orcs and goblins and things like that, but it does have a forest, uh, the Painar, I think it's called, where people live and they. the longer you live there, the more likely you are to develop the aspects of a specific animal that you may have a kinship with. So you might start developing slitted eyes like or a cat antlers. or eels. And, yeah, so yeah, or whatever. So mm. then that's, that's kind of lame, but it's, it's, got, it's got, you know, matchlock weapons. So it's got black powder. It's got lots of undead and like the DM Cornish foundling series of books that's a lot of really cool out there alchemy concepts which are very very nice yeah nice that'll be fun yeah agreed but i have to i have to worry about what does chris want out of a game i don't know i've never gamed with you before i don't know what you like what you don't like i'm so easy what are your lines what are your hot buttons i'm so easy is jason gonna get along with brent and mike is which i'm sure he will it's not about getting along with people it's a it's about being at the fucking game on time on the day you're supposed to be at the fucking game. Yeah. But, and that's a big important thing to me because this is something that I'm doing for my profession and my website. So I need everyone to take it more seriously than they normally would for a game. Take it much profession. Yeah. Better than I do with other people's actual plays. Fair I'm, enough. I'm the worst ever. That's, that's all right. I went and got donuts before you showed up today. That's great. That, that was a dick. I, I had a delicious donut. I was, I was late for a zoom meeting the other night for some friends and I felt very bad about it. Yeah. I, I was like, fuck. Because yeah, I called you because I was like, oh, he's probably not here yet. And you were like, I'm actually outside right now. And I was like, dude, shit. Dirt. I was like, you want a donut? You want, you want a donut? And I said no, but then I ate a glazed donut when he got here. Yeah, I made this glazed special. You did. It was great. It was it um, was great. It was it was warm. It was so then. Did they do that with salt? Is that like a is that like a new glaze formula with the salt? Warm salty jello. Yeah. And yeah. there were curds. <laughs> curds. There were there were there were clumps of like milk. Curdled. Gelatin, you know, like a like a gelatin cottage cheese. I, thing. I think I've said this on the show, but in, in school girls were like, it tastes like warm salty jello. So mm-hmm. girls would salt jello uh-huh, and just to warm what... it up and mm-hmm. nice. Dude, so uh okay. Your your big thing here then is 
managing people effectively like how do i make sure everybody that i'm interacting with is getting is feeling fulfilled in this endeavor and taking it seriously then at the same time it's not realistic to think that every relationship is going to be treated equally Mm because that's just not it's not fair for anybody but I, I want to make sure that people are involved and that I'm making sure that I'm balancing that involvement well. But, you know, it's it's sort of like, and I'm, I've never done any acting, but it's basically, you've got to give me something to work with, right? I just, I, I, I can do this scene. I just need you to give me something, throw me a direction, work with me here a little bit. And that's what I need from the PCs. You're going to have some people who work with you more than others do. Yeah. It's just like It's just like a job or any relationship where... You're going to have people who are more invested than others. For me, though, I need to do a good job of managing those intentions more focused than I would in another casual venue because it's something that I'm releasing for public consumption. And then how – so you're you're managing, I guess, the four of us and whatnot because you're running the game. Um, what other aspects of this business are you are – you, trying to manage right now because you've got graphic designers and stuff that you're working with and all kinds of stuff i have have so much in the air it's actually kind of given me analysis paralysis because i have so many directions to go so what i've done is just forced myself every morning to pick something that i'm going to work on so today what i did i knew i was going to come over here so i i Jumped on, I checked my email, um, looked at some stuff, and then I started working on um, on essentially my rosters for stuff. So I have a roster of hero article ideas. And so conceptually, I want to release an article you know, every week. And I want to research it and do some sort of journalistic article every week, which I shit the bed last week, but whatever. Um, I, eventually, I want to start doing a product review where it's just me reviewing product or doing game notes or talking about a project that I'm working on, that sort of thing. So ideally, what I would do is every other week, we'll do the actual play test. Yeah. So we'll do the Band of Blades game. And then I might try to run another game on alternate weeks depending on how that goes because I have I have a roster of actual playtest games that I want to do as well um, stuff that I've never played or I've not played the most updated versions of or I want to convert it from this version of D&D to the most recent 5th edition version of D&D or whatever is really what I'm working on so right now uh, once a week articles is the big step and then with the world back opening up Maybe. Uh, maybe. With the world back <laughs> opening up, I think I can start doing some traveling for some one-on-one interviews. That's which super is, exciting. Yeah. So once a week, once a week, why we game podcast interviews is the is the the big step for me. But dude, this fucking art for this game looks badass. Oh yeah. That's sick. Yeah, Band of Blitz. Yeah. yeah. So well I I will I've got I've got I've got a PDF of it. Um, so anything pertinent for your particular characters or rules, I'm going to put together game packets like I do for all my other games for people. Do we need miniatures? You do not, because this is not going to use figs. That's fucked up. Um, it's not going to use figs. So it's not going to use figs for, for a couple reasons. One, I'm not videoing this. I'm only doing audio. Yeah. At least this time out. I'm talking to a video guy about doing video APs, but that'll be a different thing altogether. Mm. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, a lot, a lot juggling, but right now it's really just finding the discipline to do the work. I'm, I'm, I've been bad because you're adding but, new projects all the time. Yeah, I, I am, but it, it, I'm not. Are you finishing any? Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I mean, that wasn't like a condescending or yeah, any no, no, finishing. No, no, no. no it's, it's, totally, like a... it's totally fair. I mean, one of the reasons why I delayed. So the article I'm working on right now is busting the domestic nut. I'm not going to call it that because that's not appropriate. But essentially, it's the article I'm working on currently is about the game industry and domestic gaming manufacturing. Okay. And why manufacturing is done overseas and the benefits of doing it overseas. And um, with COVID-19, how much of that is going to change going forward? Well, you know what's crazy is we were supposed to see this big push in American manufacturing over the last few years here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we haven't. And it's kind of like... Not to the degree. I mean, not to the degree we, which we, we would we like. We have seen manufacturing return. I mean, to, to be little fair. A little about, bit. A oh. little bit of it. Um, but it would be really, really nice, yeah, if we would handle more of that shit in house. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't say with any, sure. it's with any, with any guarantee. But the <laughs> initial investment to do injection molding, the cost of labor, things like that. The issue is, is that all of those costs are coming down. Everything is changing. Um, and that was before COVID nineteen. Well, we don't even need to do fucking injection molding anymore. Like, what, if you've got a three D printer. Oh, that's a there's, whole. There's yeah. no fucking yeah. point. Stay, stay tuned. There's a whole another level to that because I've spoken to two miniature manufacturers. Yeah, and we talk about we talked we talked extensively about 3D printing and the pitfalls of 3D printing. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable. But I don't I don't want to get into you know it. they 3D print an entire car. Huh. So the uh, there there's a metal frame. It's a company that's based out of California. 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 Get in the chopper. Yep. That's oh, what the car's called. Auto- automate automation is a whole nother aspect. So of yeah, this. they they yeah. have this. Uh, you can buy an entire vehicle for like under ten thousand dollars, and the body of the car is actually three D printed. It's absolutely incredible. How many millions of years does it take to print it, and how expensive is the printer or printers pluralized? The printer. So you buy it from. The manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manufacturer has a bajillion dollar printer that they use, and right. it takes uh, a day, and it takes about, I think they said, an hour to assemble the car. Shut up. It's fucking insane, dude. Absolutely insane. So you basically buy it as a kit, and they did a contest. I need to look this up so that I can link it all to this. But they did this contest so that people can actually choose the next body that they were going to use as like a body style. Hmm. Fucking wicked, dude. Wow. Absolutely wicked. Yeah. Now, would I drive one? No, man. That car doesn't have enough hearse per. Hearse per? Yeah. Well, it. can they make a chassis or a frame big enough to carry the kind of engine that you want for hearse per? No, dude. Okay, look. If if they had what was in my car and one of these little cars, everyone would die. <laughs> the whole world. I mean, it would be. It would essentially be uh, like a Professor Farnsworth doomsday device. Uh, I assume I could part with one and still be feared. So if they put that engine, then the whole world explodes. Is that that's, that's what, exactly that's, what would that what you meant? Everyone they, would die. Everyone would die. Everyone would die. Well, no, because everybody'd be like, "Oh, I can give Hiroshima, fucking like Dachau, nothing like, compared like, to putting give, that give engine me, in this car." Give me a goddamn Hemi, <laughs> <laughs> and they would get their stupid Hemi. <laughs> with the compensator package and like they, the would one just, that I they would turn the key and everything would just go white no 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 it's <laughs> not about it's not about the key turning see that's not the dangerous part it's when they would start driving it they'd be like god damn it to her <laughs> no uh, I had a buddy reach it's out to like me this putting past a chair on top of the engine in four wheels that's all it is <laughs> That's all it is. They're like, go ahead. I don't want to live no more. <laughs> but uh, no, I had a buddy message me a couple of days ago and he's like, hey, I'm really struggling. Joe, Joe Moore. Um, 
He's like, I'm really struggling. I'm going to buy a classic car soon. This is what I'm looking at. The problem is they don't make it in a four door. And he's like, and I want a four door muscle car. And I'm like, technically a muscle car doesn't have four doors. Like if you look up the definition, it's a two door car. Mm -hmm. Um, so I sent him that cause I'm like, stop, fucking stop. I'm like, you don't have kids. Yeah. You, you have a wife, a dog, and a cat. Like those motherfuckers will all fit in that car. I swear to you. And then he's like, yeah, even if you have to put them through the mulcher and into trash bags in the trunk, doesn't they'll matter. Fit. Yeah, they will. Yeah. They will. Or beneath the car, you know, there's all kinds of storage space. Yeah. Um, just run motherfuckers over. Anywho, I'm kidding, Kelly. I love you. Uh, he's like, oh, okay. It, it was weird having him concede in a conversation because he's like, I guess I'll do it. But he was talking about what motor he was going to put in the car. And uh, he's like, I think I'm going to put a 392 in it, which is the motor that's in my car. It's great. I love mine. Um, but I'm like, dude, fuck that. Like, you should get the Hellcat motor and throw that motherfucker in it because it's 700 and something horsepower. It's absolutely evil. And uh, the price difference isn't that much. So, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like if you're just buying a crate motor. And then if you if you take it a step further, you buy one that's got like 3,000, 4,000 miles on it that somebody was driving on the weekends. Dude, you pay nothing for it. It's hmm. like a, it's like eight thousand dollars to buy my motor brand new, and it's like nine, ten thousand dollars to buy one with a couple thousand miles on oh, it. Oh right, so the upgrade cost is, I mean, it's relatively worth every right. penny. Hmm. So yeah, I'm like fucking do it, and he's like, okay, let's do it. So I texted him yesterday, and I was like, hey, I think I want to do some stupid stuff in my car, make more purr. <laughs> What's Mopar stand for? More power. Um. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. We'll drink beer. And I'm like, yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to drink? I mean, I thought that your whole idea was this year you're not drinking. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I think I will. I will drink um, only in the sense that if I'm going to go out and I'm going to be at a convention, I'll drink socially. I'm going to give it a shot. I uh, Yeah. So I don't know that I'll drink again. I might might not right this year i won't right on um, good for you then it's i don't i just yeah. don't fucking feel like it yeah like, no eh. I, I i hear you i like being social i i miss drinking for me the challenge will be having it in the home if i don't have it in the house i'll be it's like it's like to me it's like it's like a potato chips or doritos or something like that or cookies as long as i don't have it in the house i don't lust after it yeah I, see I learned very quickly, like this go wrong because the last time I did like a sober month, it was fucking hard. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, "Let's go out," blah blah blah. So I fucking went out with everybody one night, and I just drank fucking Mountain Dew, and it was cool, no big deal. Like I was like, "Oh, this yeah, isn't this no. isn't hard." Yeah, I have I have been <clears throat> out as well, and people have been drinking, and I have not been drinking, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's just not hard. Yeah, so. I mean, I. I can go to a party where people are smoking pot and not smoke pot. I don't crave weed like I do alcohol, though. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have a craving for it, that's probably when you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You're probably right, but um, I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> uh, we're way off the rails here. Okay, so. are we? Well, do we? Do we get off the rails? Because I think I'm managing you quite well. You're not. You're like, hey, uh, yeah, I'll listen to you. No, what I, about alcohol? I, 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 what about alcohol, Chris? I sent I sent you a picture of a car the other day, and uh, you remember that when I, I was, do not. I sent you a link or a picture. Oh of yes, yes, yes. I was, I, I was using my brain powers yeah. on you. Yeah, and, uh, I'm not buying a car, Chris. 
yet. If I if I spend any money on a car, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that 2008 Honda Civic. Uh-huh. And I'm going, the year I graduated. I'm going to I'm going to replace the windshield, the rear view mirror, the driver's side visor, you know, the little sun visor, and maybe get the air conditioner fixed. Oh, you don't have air conditioner in that? No. What did you do wrong to the universe? In uh, 2014, I rear-ended somebody and my air conditioner's been dicked up ever since. And it's gotten to the point where just the whole thing needs to be redone. It's like 1300 bucks or some shit. Fuck that, dude. That's more yeah. than that car's worth. Shut up. I love that car. I'm not bashing the car. I'm just saying. I, I can't afford a car payment, Chris. Why not? I can't. Dude, you're a successful entrepreneur. I cannot <laughs> afford a car payment. What I can afford is to put. It's horsepower. Is horsepower. Horsepower. No, I don't need a car that's going to get me pulled over for the just merely owning that car. Dude, they don't fuck with me right now. Because <laughs> they can't catch you? No, man. They just don't mess with me. They're like, yeah, fuck it. He looks like a prick driving yeah, that prick car. I don't want to get out of their car and get COVID to fucking generate revenue for the for the city. Or Dude, they've been doing it. I've been seeing them pull motherfuckers I, over. I have seen a lot more people pulled over, yeah. And I'm like, it, well, I was doing like 100 the other day, and I was like, oh, there's a cop. <laughs> Did you gr- just blow past him? No, man, fuck that. No, if I would have. But that's far more dangerous to slam on the brakes. He didn't see me slam on the brakes. I saw him from far away. Oh, did you? Yeah, use he that, didn't, he didn't those, see uh, me. Use those those uh, those eagle eyes you have? I mean, I used my oh shit eyes. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that that was you're, a... Where you're like, oh shit. Yeah, so they get bigger. Therefore, they can perceive more. Oh, yes. oh I, it's like King Charles's ears or Prince Charles's ears. I gotcha. That's exactly right. It, it's... It's fucking, it's, it's nature. It's yeah. science. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So your eyes get bigger so you can see more. I perceived them before they perceived me because they were not surprised to see me. They knew cars were driving. I did not know cop would be there. See? Mm-hmm. So surprise. Big eyes. I see cop. Hit brakes. Doesn't notice. Get past him. Like that. It sounded gotcha. like an elephant dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an elephant they, flatulating so they, from they its make trunk. A, they make a motor called the elephant. And it's a thousand horsepower crate motor. What does crate motor mean? You buy it in a crate. It's not actually put factory in a car. I got you. So we should put one of those in your Honda. Uh, Nothing would please me more than if I was so wealthy that I could get an just a, an old hoopty piece of junk on the exterior. Yeah. And a sleeper. The, you want to build a sleeper. I want a sleeper. Yeah. Fuck for yeah. sure. That is absolutely. Is that, I didn't realize that even that was a thing. Oh yeah. It's a total thing. Is it really? Yeah. 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 Well, so, tell me about sleepers. So people get like these shit boxes. Yeah. Like, total shit box or uh, just whatever. They'll get these cars up to like 500,000 horsepower and they're just monsters on the drag that's, strip. That's what I want. I just want a sleeper so that if I have to run, I can. <laughs> nobody's catching well, so uh there was there's a show called the fastest car on netflix and it's a bunch of there's a bunch of fucking sleeper cars in it there was one car literally called beer money because this guy there were fucking they used beer cans that they were drinking as they were fixing the car to make a part for the car and shit <laughs> it's fucked up uh 
But there's a bunch of cars like that, and there was this little Honda Civic that had like a thousand horsepower and was all-wheel drive. Fuck that, dude. That car is way too tiny to have that many horsepower. <laughs> like, that's scary. And we could do that to your car. I would love that. I just want like 500 horsepower. Nothing serious. I don't need a thousand. 500's a lot, dude. 500 horsepower in my little frame. I love that. Yeah, yeah dude. 500 horsepower? You fucking everybody can we dies. Get my, can we get my CD player to work well? No, you don't need a CD player anymore. I have a CD player. Yeah, but we replaced the radio in there with like, you know, a big touch screen and it works through your phone with the Bluetooths and whatnot. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) You're going to be like a full-blown normal person. No. So here's, here's, no, I don't need to be a full-blown, I don't need to be a full-blown normal person. Do you want people to take you seriously as a businessman? (laughs) Because <laughs> if, well, if, if if that if that's the question that we're asking, go, my car is not the place we're gonna start. And it pulls up. Okay, that was that was a car. My car does not sound like that, sir. No, it's a Honda. It'll run for forever. Yeah, just it, you won't have AC and shit. Exactly. Um, so you pull up with your lawnmower car and Mario Kart. What do you want to call it? That's the the, the, the lawnmower car is fine. Uh, okay, with the lawnmower car. And these guys are like, yeah, we're waiting for some businessman to get here and do a meeting with us. And then you get out of it with fucking. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) You get out of it and you're wearing cut off shorts and boots. None of my my shorts are cut off. Fine. Cargo shorts. How about that? Cargo Cargo shorts. shorts, They're camouflage. Okay. Okay. You've got you've got got boots on and then socks that go up above your boots. Uh, Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. No, all this is true. (laughs) And they're backwards ball cap, the backwards ball cap and a shirt that says satanic panic or something (laughs) along those lines on it. And they're like, oh, He's not wearing a suit and he didn't get out of a Mercedes. I'm worried. You know what? First of all, no one's going to give a fuck <laughs> for, for, for so many reasons. One, they don't drive Mercedes. Two, they look like me. Three, hopefully they've had some exposure to me so they know what the fuck they're getting into. Why are you exposing yourself to people? Yes! See, normally, normally the last like fucking three or four weeks, the last like three or four weeks, it's been like you. I'm going to shove your dog in your butt. You've been like doing these things where you're like, Chris, look at, look at the fuckery I can create. (laughs) And I've been, I've been nice. I've been like, yeah, that's cool. Neat. Neat. I don't know what fuckery so then that I you're referring some, to. I brought some fuckery for you. What fuckery <laughs> have I done to you? It, it's, it's nothing major. It's like, I'll be telling a story and you're like, oh yeah. I'm going to use my words at you. I love how when you make fun of me, you jut your chin, your, your lower jaw and chin forward because my chin is so masculine that you cannot help but pretend to be you, as masculine when mocking me. Oh, that is man. What can I say? So I'm just trying to be as manly as you as I poke fun at you. That is man. (laughs) Oh, God. Speaking of which. So a week ago yesterday. Yeah. I had all 14 stitches removed from my from the eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. So I met with you uh, or no, sorry. That was Monday. So a week ago yesterday. Yeah. Any any which way. Um the the two the two doctors one of which who just finished their residency both men both caucasian guys both much younger than me were commenting on how tough i was um when they're you know snipping and pulling stitches out of my eyeball um and 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 i was like it is a sad state 
for men. If I, in 2020, am considered tough. I mean, my grandfather is rolling over in his grave compared to how tough his generation is to mine. But if you're, you know, these late 20s, early 30-somethings men and you think that I am tough, you have a fucking problem. Dude, you have calluses on your hands because you're using the wrong controllers when you video game. Uh, I don't. First of all, <laughs> I don't video game often. It was a joke. Second of all, I do have calluses on my hands. Yeah. From masturbating? Uh, yeah, that was low-hanging fruit, Chris. We were, everyone in the audience right now oh was expecting God. that you would be a bigger person. Yeah, and I'm and not. And that you would I'm not, not a bigger go person. for such, I mean, is this fucking t-ball comedy? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your tea and fuck both of those little balls. Those little raisinets in your fucking pants, you dickhole. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great managing this group of people and gaming with you. Yeah, and... what's going to be bad, though, is like, so we're in this we're in this text chat and he's like, things are going to need to be on point or on key. Like, we can't really steer off topic. And I'm like, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? We can steer off topic. Like you realize that I'm borderline retarded. I I know. And I can't stick to a topic. I don't even know what topic means. Like is that something that you put on top of your skin like a topical ointment? So so here's here is your couple things that you need to understand. You want you you comprehend language, at least to some passable degree. You know what a six-sided die is. D6. If I ask you to roll three six-sided dice, you can do this. Or one three times. You can tell me what the highest number is among those D6. If you get a six or more than one six, you can tell me, right? You know how pencils... like Yahtzee? You know how pencils work? You can read-ish. And you have a Gmail account. I have all of these things. And you don't mind coming to my house after the 18th, because that's when Missouri is... Open. It was going to be less than 10 people anyway, so it didn't matter. Well, it's going to be five. Yeah, be, so we would have been fine anyway. Yes, yeah, it'll be five people. Um, it's, it's speaking of, I need to, any which way. The point is, Chris, is that I think that if this show is any example of my ability to manage someone's buffoonery, I, I think this is it. I mean, this is... It. I mean, I have 50 plus hours of audio of me just making sure that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Is that what this That's is? That's what this show is. You can't even manage yourself <laughs> on this show, let alone me. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So on that note, are there, was there a particular word of wisdom or anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Well, it's 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 a it's completely unoriginal but uh be patient and listen you have to listen to what the other person wants because if they're saying it it's important to them it might not be important to you but it's important to them so shut your fucking ears and listen to chris and don't get lost Did you say shut your ears and listen to chris <laughs> shut your fucking mouth and listen to chris you should edit that too um <laughs> and sometimes you get lost in his in his big beautiful teeth like god's shoe shine Sometimes those big, beautiful eyes with those just whitest whites and bluest blues and deep black pupils, a little bit of a laptop reflecting, making an anime-like square in his iris. You are definitely making me feel some yaoi right now. Good, good. Yaoi Maui. Boop, boop. Bong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the wiener boing at the end was great.
So what is the weight limit on that bad boy? Go sit on it. That was not my question. No, it's like 600 pounds. Are you serious? So you could put, because I'm 200.